You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White, and I'm really excited today to introduce Christy Lee Billet from the Footprint Group, HR consultant extraordinaire for small businesses. Hey, Christy Lee, how are you today? Hi, Melanie. I am great. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you. Um, HR is a huge conundrum for so many small businesses, and I'm just really thankful that you're taking the time to share your many years of expertise. Actually, maybe I should get you to introduce yourself and tell us about what you do and your, your background. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Um, so I work with small businesses, so businesses who employ staff but just aren't large enough to want or need an internal HR manager. And I really help them to put in place practices and processes to simplify HR, make HR work for their business, but also to ensure they're compliant uh, with the laws and the legislation And most importantly, build teams that really drive business performance and give the business owner a sense of freedom because it can be one of the biggest headaches um, that businesses face. Uh, So really my job is to take the headache out of that process for them. And I've been working with small businesses specifically for more than 10 years now. I've had my consultancy practice for over 15 years. Um, So this is really my core focus. Mm, I like that taking the headache out of HR. Mm, yes, <laughs> because let's face it, it can it can prove somewhat troublesome. Totally right. I've been on the other side of that consulting to small businesses around building the business and systems, and I see so many times they're just they're a small team of two or three staff, and they're struggling with different personalities, and they don't have any performance system in place, and it's, it's amazing that sometimes small businesses end up being more of an HR battle than they are a business, really. Definitely. One of the biggest challenges that business owners come to me with is that they feel like they're spending all of their day dealing with their staff and then they're actually trying to do their work on nights and weekends. And that's the opposite of how it should be when you've got a team. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty serious yeah. indicator that you need some help. Yeah. I guess today we talked about talking about three things that you need to consider when hiring staff and what to do if you can't afford to hire an HR person. So starting with our first point, Christy Lee, what do you think the three things are that you need to think about when you're hiring staff? Yeah, look, I think it really simply, it comes down to creating the right role, putting that role in place at the right time, and then finding the right person for that role. So it's all about the right role, the right time and the right person. And without those three working in harmony together, things tend to fall apart. But if you can get all three in place, you're definitely on your way to a really successful hire. Mm. Do you want to walk us through those points? Yeah, absolutely. So I always start with the right role. Um, And I think this is an important starting point because when we, quite often when we're growing our team and, and growing our business, we just are so busy, so frantic, so many other things that we're juggling as a business owner, we just grab someone, just someone to do something that's going to take the load off us. And quite often that really doesn't serve the business or the business owner long term. So taking a bit of time to really craft the right role at the outset is really powerful in ensuring you actually hire someone that's going to help you and help you grow your business. And an exercise that I like to suggest to people um, who are considering growing their team or even just to really reassess whether it's, you've still got the right team on an annual basis mm-hmm. is a really simple exercise that I call the clean slate exercise. Yeah. 
And that sounds a bit scary. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really not. It's, but it does, you know, you do need a bit of, when I say a bit of time, you can do this in 15 minutes, half an hour. It's not a hugely uh-huh. time-consuming task. But you, it is important to take pause and really just think through this process. And, and all it involves is getting yourself a whiteboard, a, a clean piece of paper, however you like to work, some kind of mind mapping software possibly, and map out all the things that need to be done, possibly all the things you're doing as the business owner right now, if this is the first person you're considering hiring, and just get it all out because we often go to the thing that's causing us the biggest pain in that moment or the thing we enjoy least um, or the thing that's just feeling overwhelming. But when you actually start to map everything out, just brain dump it all, Mm. you can start to make sense of all the things that actually need to be done in your business. And once you've got that out, it's far easier to see where you really do need to invest some energy and time in, oh, that's something that actually does take up a lot of my time and I really don't need to be doing that. It might be easy. It might be, you know, something you can very simply do, but is it the best use of your time? So it's just about in the first instance of brain dump. And secondly, before you go about hiring anyone, figuring out very clearly what role you want in your own business. Because as the business owner, you don't want to be landing up doing the things that you don't like and you didn't get into business for purely because you've hired people to do the things you love and then you're doing everything that's left. So I like to suggest that people should craft their own role or their own dream role, even if it's not a reality right now, first so they don't hire someone to do that accidentally. I'm just thinking about somebody giving, thinking, oh, I've got to keep that person busy. I've got to give them all the work for the pay that they're getting. Mm. I'll go make you a coffee, shall I? Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's right. And that's that's the opposite. But it is, it's so easy, you know, and we all fall into that trap. But if we can take that moment to really assess what needs to be done and it allows you then to really sensibly group activities and tasks and responsibilities together because you might need someone to do some marketing and some bookkeeping but those two things do not belong to the same person because natural skill sets tell us that someone who's amazing at marketing is not also amazing at technical bookkeeping work so without that moment to pause you know you might not see that segregation it's such a good point i mean i had a company years ago where i hired people based on their strengths and capabilities and would have a role that they'd be good at some bits and not others. And so we would just massage that role into something that suited them and their strengths. But as you say, that sometimes those small businesses, you might be just hiring one person, but they can't be good at a a, a jack-of-all-trades role necessarily. No, and you might be far better off hiring three or four different people or maybe it might be some contractors, some employees. It could be a mix of things and getting really skilled specialists on, you know, less hours. So it's not one full time. It might be four part time. Um, that's going to give you much better leverage from each of those people and provide much better results than creating one full time role and trying to get this person, as you said, to be the jack of all trades. Right. And and I love that idea that to, to, what is the role? You talked mm. about the clean slate and writing everything down that you can think of. Mm. And it's probably going to be a bit of a shock in some cases to yeah. see all of the things that are being done, but then to craft your own role out of that and to say, what do I need to outsource mm. and who's best to do that? Is it a contractor? Is it an employee? And then it, it sounds like you're going to get a lot of clarity from doing that. 
Absolutely. And it's, you know, if you if this is the first time you're doing this, I would set up a whiteboard and I would leave it there for a week. And every time something else pops up or pops in, add it to the list, add it to the whiteboard, um, because it won't all just come out of your mind naturally in that one first session. There'll be things that you miss or you forget or you didn't realise you were doing. Um, so I'd give it that time to really, you know, build it out, definitely. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, so what's the next step from there? Right. So now that you've mapped this out and you'll start to see roles forming and, you know, areas of responsibility taking shape, and you'll also start to get an idea of what the resourcing looks like, like how many hours is that actually taking me or should that be taking me? Mm. You th then it's about timing because you don't want to hire for a role when you're not quite ready and you don't have the workflow or the workload because you'll end up in that situation that you described earlier, Melanie, where you'll be looking for things for them to do. And that is not good for, for anyone. It's not good for you because you're paying a salary or, or a contractor for work that's not there. Mm. It's also not good for the person in the role because they don't feel that sense of accomplishment and success and boredom at work, you know, means that they start looking at things they shouldn't be looking at and get distracted. So yeah. it, it's not a positive for anyone. So you want to pick the timing. So the timing it becomes clearer as, you know, you start to map things out, but it's about having enough work for that at that time. And that might mean, you know, starting on smaller hours and growing the role. Um, it's also about timing for your business. You know, are you at a critical point where you need this person in order to free up your time to um, see more clients or free up your time in order to grow the business in some way? So it's those pressure points and you'll, you'll see them rise um, and knowing that this is the time. And, Often it's about prioritising. Well, in order to grow the business, I need someone handling my marketing first. I can handle the clients. I need someone handling my marketing. Whereas uh, down the track, if you're doing your bookkeeping, for example, and that's taking time away from client work, that will become the pressure point. But it's often about prioritising which needs to come first. And that's about getting the timing right. Yeah, I guess so what I'm hearing is the most obvious trigger is that there's some task that's taking you away from client work. And it would not just occasionally, but it's starting to happen regularly. Yeah. And the trap you, you could fall into here is hiring someone else to help with your client work. The mm. problem with that is if you really want to be doing the client work, if that is your genius zone, mm. then hire someone to do the other things, not to do the client work. Because even though the pressure is, oh, my God, I can't keep up with my client work, that's not going to be the end best result. So, it's yeah, you Tipping points and pressure points is what you're looking for. Mm, it's kind of like, why aren't I able to do the client work? Yeah. And then to look at that and say, do I really want to be doing that? As you said earlier, it's about taking a step back and looking at it going, ah, oh. I think when we get busy and we get stuck and we get on that treadmill, it's really hard to stand back and see what's going on. But you, you raise a great point there that once you do that, maybe you're able to better make decisions that are going to suit your business. Definitely. And if it, if it means doing a time audit on yourself, by all means do one. It's it's something that I recommend for teams a lot and I do get resistance. No one likes doing a time audit, myself included, yeah. but they, they can shine a light as to what's really going on. It's pretty confronting when you go, yes. oh, I just wasted so much time <laughs> Did on. Did I spend that much time on Facebook? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Mm. Thanks. That's fantastic. And so what about the, the last point, Christy? Lee? Yeah, this is the right person. And this is, I don't want to say the most important because without the other two steps, it is you know, not the only thing, but getting the right person 
is critical to ensuring that you have a successful employment relationship. And this is, you know, what most people consider the hardest part of the process. And for good reason, we put pressure on ourselves to get this right. Um, and it, it's a big deal when we're hiring, especially in a small business. Mm -hmm. So the right person is when you're actually going to market to seek out applicants, you know, if you're looking at employees or contractors. And this requires clarity. So this really requires you to understand the role that you're going to market for. So that first part of the process is really important here. Mm. And I like to use a really simple framework, which is understanding the must have criteria. So what are the things that are non negotiable in this person that I need to hire? The nice to have. So these are the benefits and the bonuses, you know, perhaps knowledge in a particular system or experience in the industry, um, flexibility with hours, the things that aren't, you know, critical, but would really be good. And then your deal breakers, things that if this person, you know, has this attribute or this is a, you know, a barrier, it isn't going to work. And that can be things like, um, you know, geographical location. If you need someone mm -hmm. close to you geographically and, and this person's on the other side of the country or the world, that may not work for this role. If you can be clear on those things, you are going to create a much better shortlist if you're looking at employees or you're going to be much clearer about what sort of contractor you need. So getting clarity on that first is really important. And also when, if we're talking about an employee, when you go to market to find someone, so you possibly put an ad out, put something on your socials, however you're attracting people, mm. really think about this is, this is a marketing exercise. Just like with your marketing yeah. or your sales, you want to attract the right clients. Mm. You want to attract the right employee for this role or the right person for this role. And that means making sure any of your communication is crafted in a way that will attract the right person and repel the wrong people. Pre-qualifying them. Pre-qualifying yeah. them, absolutely. Yeah, using language that will attract them. Also using language that is consistent with your organisation's values and personality. Because if you go to market thinking, oh, you know, I think this person will be fun and funky and you try and word the ad in that way, but in fact your business is actually quite serious and um, conservative in many ways, you're going to attract the wrong person because that sort of person doesn't want to work in that sort of business. Mm. So it's about both being really authentic to who your business is in your language, but also talking in a way that's going to attract the ideal person and going to places where that person is likely to be looking for work or hanging out. So is that a job board or is that a uni or a TAFE um, area or a job board? Mm -hmm. Is it a particular social media platform over another? Um, so really thinking about where you're going to find this person and writing compelling copy essentially in your ad that is like a magnet that this person reads and says, I want to work for that business. I want that role. And for someone that's not right, that they will just not apply because getting the right people in the pool to begin with is obviously really important to making the end right decision as well. When you said pool, I immediately thought of swimming pool. And I yeah. thought, yes, if you want to have a good party, you've got to have the right people in the pool. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. So the quality of your shortlist is going to be yeah. you know, determined by the quality of your applicant pool. Um, and the same would apply if you're looking for a contractor in terms of getting the right person in. Um, and when you're, I guess the side note to that is when you're thinking, oh, is this an employee, is this a contractor? Well, depend where you're located. But here in Australia, there's a really great tool on the ATO's website that is a decision-making question and answer tool. If you're uncertain, I highly encourage you to use that. It's simple and easy. Yeah, there are penalties for getting that wrong. 
really severe penalties and penalties that aren't protected by a company and you know you can be personally liable for them. Wow there's a lot to think about and I, I love your must have nice to have uh, kind of criteria mm. and it really makes sense that you would look at those things. I guess when you're also looking at the essential business tasks and the must-haves, they really need to fit together, don't mm-hmm. they? Absolutely. They're the role yeah. and the person. I'm curious to know, Christy Lee, because when I'm working with small businesses, they're often trying to approach things very logically and they often end up doing things that they don't really want to do because it doesn't tick the emotional box. And I'm also thinking in terms of the, the criteria, the must-have, I wonder how many people look on a piece of paper and say, well, they must be good at typing or they must be good at Microsoft Word. Do people actually consider the personality traits and the values of the person when they're coming up with these lists? What's your experience with that? Yeah, people do tend to focus on the tasks first, but absolutely they should be considering values, um, cultural fit generally, um, future desires as well, um, because what I often see is someone that ticks all the boxes from a skills perspective, but is absolutely keen to travel, study overseas, um, go on an adventure of some sort imminently. And so they might be the right person for now, but in three months time, they won't be with your business. So you've got to look at the holistic nature of things. Um, and certainly once you're at the, the pointier end of, of hiring someone, so interviewing particularly, you really want to be assessing, is there a values match here? Because if someone is technically brilliant, but the values match is off, it will ultimately mean they will not be with you long-term. So you can't, you can't outrun that. That is, that is fundamental. And so asking great questions at interview that really drill down to assess their, their priorities, their values, um, will help you in determining whether we have a match here. It's, it's not the easiest uh, thing to do, but it is really important that you, and if you, I think with interviews, if you approach them with a mindset of curiosity, genuinely, and you're really keen to learn about this person and to dig deeper, you'll get a good sense. Mm, great tips. Just really looking at that natural chemistry and, and mm. saying, how does this feel? I guess is. Absolutely. Intuition, you know, tr- at the end of the day, trust your gut which I think is something we think we shouldn't do because it's not as logical and, you know, if we tick the boxes. But every time you make a decision that you ultimately regret in business, I guarantee you've had some intuition about that at some level. Mm-hmm. It's important to listen to that for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christy Lee, what do you do if you can't afford to hire an HR person or, or you're not sure where to start? What are some options? Yeah, look, there's lots of, lots of options um, available. Firstly, you can get yourself educated. Um, on what you need to do to make sure you're compliant. Um, So the legislation from a technical end is known as the Fair Work Act. The Fair Work website has lots of information on there. Um, And, you know, you could navigate through what that looks like, the national employment standards, the awards, and you can certainly check everything on their website to ensure you're compliant. Um, You can seek you know, unless you're hitting, you know, 50 employees, you don't need internal HR. It's just mm. not something that you could justify as a role into itself. Yeah. And that's about the tipping point that most businesses start to hit some growing pains and need that support. But you can get external support. Um, so there are consultants and consultancy practices out there who will either act as your HR manager, provide you casual support, um, possibly have call centres in some of them. Uh, so there are options for you. 
um, or there are subscription-based services um, which will be a supporting um, place that you can go and get responses to answer to questions that you might have, uh, get some resources to help you make sure you've got the right documents and policies in place, um, and just be there as a you know a bit of a backup if you do get stuck. And they're really the three main types of support for small businesses. Yeah, the first one, the the DIY option sounds like a lot of reading and then you'd have to remember all of that and then to be able to apply it and to think but back to the Fair Work Act and you, there, there would be a lot of time, I would imagine. Yes. Um, I, I know that you run a membership. Uh, mm. Is that the way, main way that you work with people? Yeah, it is. I, I do one-on-one consulting and I have a membership and the membership is... Um, certainly the way that a lot of small business owners are are choosing to go um, because it doesn't require that, you know, when you're dealing one-on-one with any consultancy service, there's a cost and people then tend to be reluctant to reach out for help because of the cost. Um, And ultimately that can be, of course, more costly. So the membership option is very popular at the moment because it's much lower cost. It's available when you need it. Um, but there's no sort of ongoing commitment and huge, huge fees involved in that kind of service. So that I'm seeing that as the most popular option at the moment. Can you tell us a bit about your membership while we're yeah. here? Like if, if I'm running a small business and I'm about to hire someone or I've got an employee, um, how, how would I be engaging with, with your membership typically? Yeah, absolutely. So our membership has a number of sort of functions and facilities in it. So we have a a portal, which is where all the resources are housed effectively. Mm -hmm. And in there, you'll find documents, templates, checklists. So one of our members just this week is hiring her uh, third employee um, and she's not familiar with employment agreements. So we're navigating her through this is where you find that resource and she's populating that and coming into the group for support. So we have a Facebook group for our members and they can ask anything at all in there about Teams, Business, oh. HR. And my team, myself, are in there very responsive. It's same-day response. So members ask any question you can think of when it comes to their team. I've got this problem. (laughs) I'm hiring someone. um, I don't know what to do next. um, All sorts of, and the great thing is, yes, we're in there answering as the professional HR person, but the other members are also sharing experience and saying, oh, we tried this and and that's been great um, as well. Mm. We do, we host weekly Q and A sessions in the Facebook group. So members can submit questions or just ask them live. um, And I answer those about anything again. And we do monthly training or coaching calls where we present on a, a particular topic relevant to hiring staff. So I frame everything around basically what I've learned in, in the last 20 years is that there's, there's this distinct pathway that every employee will follow in your business. And we refer to it in the membership as the people pathway. And that's an acronym. And it just stands for plan, employ, onboard, protect, leverage and exit. And they're that's all you need, all of those things. And so everything is centred around those themes. And, yeah, we, we get guest speakers in from time to time to talk about other things to support our members. Um, but it's a really great community is how I would describe it. It sounds amazing. And, and it comes back to something I was thinking about last week, talking with a company, um, small business, that they often want to get advice on things. Mm. But, but you often have to pay an invoice for that and you might have just have a couple of questions Mm. I love what you're describing as the opportunity to go in and ask lots of questions and get the training and the resources Mm. 
But also from a small business point of view, so many small businesses I talk to say, I'm on my own. I've got no one to bounce ideas off. I've got no one to talk to. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if it's the right thing. They want opinions. Yes. And you can't just go out there and ask somebody in a totally different business that's 10 times the size of yours necessarily what they they did. It may may or may not be relevant. There may or may not be context. I'm imagining your your, uh, membership is open to certain types of people and Mm. small businesses are going to go in there and and get that wealth of connection from other people as much as they're getting from you. Absolutely. Just a, a couple of weeks ago, we had one of our members, Fiona, she's down in Melbourne and they work in the, um, they fit awnings and blinds and those kind of things into houses and they're hiring their first apprentice and that's really new to her. She's got a team, but this is the first time they've ever had an apprentice. And she was asking for some advice about making sure she chooses the right person and what to be aware of. And one of our other members, Chantel, who owns an electrical business, has hired lots of apprentices in their years. They're a much bigger team. And she she chimed straight in and said, this is what we found works. This is how we trial them. This is a survey we get the supervisor to fill out to see how they were on trial. And just gave so much insight, real-life insight, into someone that's been through the process. Um, And I loved seeing that because it was two different industries, two very different experience levels in the apprenticeship world, Um, just coming together and helping each other out. That's fantastic. Wow, it sounds amazing. We definitely need to get your details for your podcast and your membership and your services so I can put them in the the notes for this episode. Christy Lee, thanks so much for your time. Is there any parting thought or anything that you think is, is important as a message to leave the listeners with? Yeah, look, thank you so much for having me. It's been great to be here. What I would say is... My philosophy is that you can't have a business that gives you all the success that you desire, as well as freedom from your business without working 80 hours a week and being burnt out without the right team. So although growing a team can feel daunting and can feel like a lot of responsibility, it's something you owe to yourself to be able to grow your business and to also be able to have the time that you want uh, to live your life fully. So a team is the key to that. It's all about the people. Mm-hmm. And that your podcast is called People Powered Business, is that right? Absolutely, yeah, the People Powered yeah. Business podcast. Um, you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. Excellent. Thanks so much again for your time, Christy Lee. And um, I hope the listeners will get in touch with you for some support, especially around the membership. It sounds like a great option. Thanks so much, Melanie. Okay, bye. Bye bye.